Hello and welcome to another episode of the Culture Nerd Podcast. This week, episode 17, we're actually going to be talking about something other than DC and Star Wars. We're going to talk about the Gundam show. Uh, on Sunday, Gundam The Witch from Mercury debuted its second episode of its second season. And this episode kind of shattered everything that people knew of this show going forward. Um, it was a shocking twist of what Ariel, the Gundam Ariel actually is and who, how this, this suit connects to the little girl, Ari, from the f- episode prologue that debuted before season one. So obviously there's going to be some massive spoilers as we go into it and some massive revelations about this show as a whole. And on face value, this show is 100% not as kiddie and high schooly drama as a lot of people thought because it immediately took a turn and got dark. So let's jump into it and we'll talk about Gundam. Finally, we get to talk about a topic that I'm excited for. Heroes don't wear capes, Taylor. They wear robot suits and fight other girls in robot suits. So when we were kids, I know I know that we talked about this before, that the Gundam franchise kind of hit when we were in middle school. And it was like a huge thing. But you and I also are products of the 80s. So giant robots is not... Gundam wasn't our first forte into Japanese giant robots. We had things like... Alt, like um, I mean, Ultraman was kind of essentially like, from what it looked like, a robot versus a kaiju, but it was just a, an alien dude. Um, well, I'll take it one step further. I would even we had say, Voltron. well, but even then, you know, those shows were on, but they weren't necessarily a mainstay. Power, <clears throat> Power Rangers happened, and all of a sudden, the I wanted all my heroes to have a robot in their back pocket, and then finally we got a show that was way more robot centric in Gundam Wing. Right, and mind you, I, I know that when we were younger, I don't think we ever actually brought this show up, but I actually watched um, this one show when I was younger, younger, and it was called Techaman Blade. Not yes, sure you, I, I remember seeing that in the early '90s. I loved it to pieces, and it was dark. It was fun. It was just pure 80s robot space battling stuff and it was i loved it i i don't they they re-adapted it into america when they brought it to america they called it techno man and it like aired very weirdly but i i loved it um so when gundam came i never saw it in i never saw it in that form but i did play a bunch of tatsunoku versus capcom so that familiarized me with the character and then i went and looked into all of these other things as well right um I really want to get into it with you. I think we need to give two warnings up front. Yes. And so I'm right going to let you, and I'm going to let you know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the first warning is spoiler alert. We're going to be talking in depth about season one and what's happening in season two. So if you have not seen the show and you want to watch the show, you should watch it. Uh, you should maybe hold off on this episode for a little while. Or if you're on the fence and you want to know why you should watch it, we will be going into all the details of what makes this show one of the most you need to watch this shows of this year. Now, the second warning I'm going to give is if I was not an adult and fully cognizant of how crazy the world is, I might be ignorant to this, but specifically in this episode, 
even though we are in a science fiction world, we are going to talk about a school shooting, <laughs> which was not a fun thing where there was safeties on and it was a fun time on the field. No, no. There was a school shooting of which the characters are all flabbergasted by. We're also right. probably going to talk about some terrorism. Now, we're not going to harp on these a whole bunch, but these are topics that are going to come up. So I would like everyone to be aware of that before we move forward. Yes, because Gundam took a turn in this episode and really solidified the fact that as much as people think anime or cartoons are for kids, this this show, um, the first season kind of teetered on this line of this is a teenagers at a high school this is not a, not a, a dark show and then every couple episodes they would do something crazy dark and then this episode in particular they took it way further and said by the way there's a chance that this show could be tvma and, and yeah I, I i think i you know it's funny is i don't know how japanese ratings work and if you can change a show midway but i do feel that as our show progresses, we're going to get more into human manipulations and souls and non-soul bodies. And then also whatever um, whatever we are going to call the electromagnetic spectrum of Gundam vision, whatever like that radiation yeah. is, that feels like a thing that other people are also channeling into babies that they're cutting open. Yeah, it's it's a it's a crazy crazy show. Um, okay, <laughs> so this is the first time in a long time, less than twenty four hours after something is aired, you have told me to see it. Like with Mandalorian or any of the other shows, you're like, yeah, get to it when you get to it. You told me I needed to watch this. Yeah. Uh, episode starts off and i thought we were going to be all right we're getting into it everybody so the yeah. episode starts off and i thought it was going to be like everything else but there's all these weird foreshadowing like the girl being like i'm gonna win the duel and then i'll make you my real sister and it was like oh okay why are we, why are we talking about family all of a sudden uh we see all of the different parts and kind of the status quo of the school, right? We see the other family. They have the new president. We have the young president. He's got to fight in the battle. We see the clone guy. Can we talk about what is going on with clone guy who got his face redone? Who is that guy? Right. So to kind of give some context, because Michael's jumping right into the deep end, <laughs> uh, Gundam, the Witcher Mercury, uh, takes place in the far future. Where in season one, they established that Gundams as a technology were banned because this technology itself has a thing called a data storm where the suit overpowers the user and eventually renders them brain dead and kills them. We um, saw an example of this in episode zero where we yeah. see what happens when people push it too far. Right. And we also found out that our redheaded main character could channel this storm no problem and did not affect her whatsoever. Yes. So in the episode prologue, in episode zero, you had these this family that was introduced. And you have Eleonora Samaya, the mother, right there, who at the time was in her mid-20s. And she had her four-year-old daughter. It was her birthday. Um, Eric Eri Samaya. And they were all uh, in this program, uh, this Gundam building program from for their company of Orcs Earth. And this program they were developing this brand new Gundam and 
they were basically describing that this suit was going to be the next evolution of humankind, that it was going to allow them to explore space. It was going to allow them to uh, basically supersede the physical and transform into the metaphysical. And they had all these lofty ideas. Um, the villain of the show essentially outlawed Gundams and said, um, we are going is to... He, is he the villain of the show? Because now that you're talking about like transforming human beings yeah. metaphysically into robots and stuff like that it's like i understand the motivation of why the governments of the of the world and the universe have outlawed this yeah yeah so um it was it was something else uh so as the show as the episode went on um the the main villain of the show he outlawed the gundam usage he outlawed uh the development and basically told this like basically Senate kind of a thing that I am now going to take over and I'm going to uh, peacefully obtain um, all of the workers and the technology from this unit. The reality was he actually sent a hit squad to that unit and killed everybody. Um, a very violent sequence where they're basically being gunned down. And these two characters in particular, the mother and the daughter, um, they escape in the Gundam and the father takes another suit. And like Michael said, the father takes that suit, pushes it too hard and it kills him. The dad oh. is singing happy birthday to the daughter he's never going to see again. Like as he's dying, they're singing happy birthday to her. Right. It's, it, it is the foreshadowing that I should have known. I thought that was a one-off thing. And I think that was the show putting the bar and saying, no, no, no. The stakes are always at a 10. And then it drops the bar back down again. Yeah. Um, and to everyone's surprise, uh, Ari, this little girl, is able to control the Gundam and not only control it, but she's able to weather the data storm like it doesn't exist. She is a four-year-old girl who's able to push this suit to its maximum and it doesn't affect her. It doesn't kill her. And in the show's terminology, she is labeled as a witch. A witch who's able to supersede the power of the data storm and to bend it to their will. Then uh, the show are jumps there forward. Records of other witches at this point. Have we heard like they've used that term, but like we haven't seen any other witch people yet, correct? Right. right. Uh the show has has given illusion that other witches exist, but they're they're not really what they are. Because as you see, everyone that has been classified as a witch dies one right. way or the other in the data storm. Um and, and that's kind of where the show is getting in this nitty gritty uh, gray area. So then jump into the show. Episode one, you get introduced to Saletta Mercury and her new suit, the Ariel, right? And Saletta is uh, who a lot of people beginning of the show thought was Ari, just with a new name. Right? That's they also, hair, I also, 100%, I thought it was, oh, now <clears throat> they're in hiding. I didn't even think the mom was the same mom. I, you had to clear right. that up for me as well. Um, I thought that this was all smoke and mirrors because they didn't want people to know that they actually got away. Right. And then people started to realize that this wasn't the case, not because of what the show was doing, but because of the background info that they gave on the show. When they announced that the first episode took, the episode one took place on this year and then episode zero took place on this year, people realized there was a 25 year gap. And they're like, wait, that can't be airy. That doesn't make any sense. So That's so smart. So as so the show went on. Them. As the show went on, they had these these details, right? These little images where you have the suit, basically, and like, and all the all the the preview info, all the preview images, you had the suit basically 
displayed as alive, right? Living in tandem with Soleta, right? And people uh, are like, oh, and to okay, the, this is cool. This is cool. And to the, everyone seeing that picture for the first time, the red on the helmet and the cockpit that is glowing, that is uh, supposed to be the, the uh, electrical storm that overrides other people. Usually when we see that, that's them revving their machines to like, you know, a thousand RPMs. It's the most it can go. Right. And then another piece of uh, concept art came out where people were like, okay, this is different, where they showed that the aerial was then grown over, and then you had Aerie and Soleta separately together. This should have been the biggest giveaway of what the hell was happening for people. Right? Yeah, I remember seeing that suit in Vines very early on and not... Because it was part of the, the ending credits of the later half of season one. Mm, mm. They have not taught... They have not addressed so... any of this stuff yet. Right. So as this new episode came on, um, well, let's just kind of just add some more to the characters. As Michael said, that there is um, the mother who is now under a new name as Prospera Mercury, right? It is. It is. Uh, and some of you at home are asking, why is this character wearing a helmet like this? That is because this is Gundam royalty, not a royal family, but every show there's somebody that wears some sort of dope-ass helmet thing. She just happens to be the character wearing it this series. And ironically, when we, we saw this, we're like, oh, this is the main character's mom. She can't be the villain. But historically, every Gundam series, the character wearing the helmet is one of the villains. Well, are they? Sometimes they yes. flip around. No, they're always the villain. And when they shed the helmet, they become a hero. Okay. That's well, how the show and, always goes. And I want to and I want to push back on what Taylor said earlier. He talked about how the villain of the show outlawed Gundams. I feel like there are three main branches in the high school, each of which is sponsored or uh, part of a corporation. I think all the corporations are evil. I think the one corporation cloning that dude and killing him off is bad. The other one that rejected his son because he didn't win enough duels where he ripped the head off. Like, they're right, all right. bad people. So you have the Bennett group, and the Bennett group is led by the president, the bad guy, dealing Rembrandt. And you have uh, three main branches, like you said. You have Jetric, uh, Heavy Machinery, Grassley Defense Systems, and Peel Technologies. Each, these are the main three houses, and these three houses are basically fighting for control over the Bennett group. Um, uh, let's also give the one conceit of the show. Uh, how does one house secure themselves, and what is the prize if they secure themselves to the world government? So in the first episode, they established that this school is a school for training and technology development for mobile suits. And the students all have mobile suits and it starts off with the Jetric uh, house basically pushing forward in their, the main character, the guy's name was Gule and he was basically the, the house holder and the holder was the winner of all the duels and the holder had one key prize. Whoever the, was the house holder was engaged to Delling Rembrandt's daughter and heir to that family. So the idea and up until season two, this whole conceit, I thought this show was basically like a cleaner version of any, it's like a reverse harem show, right? Right. Where instead, right, I thought we were going to see all these people go around and try to get this attention. That is still happening, but that is not where the show is on its trajectory right now. Right. So um, in the first episode, Soleta fights Ghoul, defeats him, and she becomes the groom to the daughter of dealing Rembrandt, Minorian. 
Um, that's why she's wearing the white outfit because she's also like the bride slash groom. Uh, right. The other girl is totally fine. She's like, I'll marry a woman, whatever. And that's our show. And they, they, they even joke, they're like, it doesn't matter if you see people on the side because we're being married out of obligation, not love. So whatever. So they, they do this really fun dynamic there. Um, as the show goes on, you see assassination attempts, you see coups, you see things like that of trying to develop control over the Benerit group. In this latest episode, oh no, and, and as the first season goes on, you see a terrorist ploy by the Peel Technologies group. The the lay the main uh, son of the Peel Technologies, uh, Shattuck, he is um, basically trying to take over. No, 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 not Peel. I think he's Grassley. Is he Grassley? Okay. There's the anime yes, boy no. with the purple hair. He got. Yeah. He was living in a tent. And then there's the other kid who's like been who is a liar kid who they did the plastic surgery on and he killed right. his and he's other versions. He's part of Peel. Okay. Uh, the other the uh, uh, Grassley Defense Systems. That's Shattuck's uh, adopted father who runs that one. So right. as the as the first season ends, Shattuck stages a coup with members of. Uh, an earth terrorist group and two Gundam pilots with two, two Gundams with two witches. Yo, that heavy, I know we've already said it and it's not a heavy arms Gundam. That heavy arms Gundam is really growing on me. We yeah, keep really seeing cool. it do amazing things. And I'm yeah. like, man, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, we also need to address this in terms of triggering things. And again, this is because I'm watching the show with, as an adult, there is genocidal speak out of our characters. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny because I didn't think about it, but like, oh, when the Earthlings want every every Spatian killed, I was like, oh, we're talking, we're talking war crimes here. We're talking the next level. It's not just like I'm mad at you. I'm mad. They tried to kill that entire school. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So uh, as the first season comes to an end, as Soleta saves the day, Soleta shows a very unique thing that I'm going to get into in a minute. She kills a villain and with a smile on her face reaches out for to Minorine. Minorine says, you're a murderer, but she doesn't realize the actions of what she's done. She, she basically, the suit came in and essentially on autopilot, the suit slapped down and squished a guy. She fell down, landed in his pile of blood, got up, kind of shook herself off and then reached out for help. This was one of the moments where you realize this show is 100,000% not for kids. When you're like, right. okay, this show... This is it. Here it goes. So as season two starts, you see that the houses are now fighting over control. They, they basically are like, no, we need to take Soleta out. So they do these, these exercises, these trainings where they're basically sending three people, four people, five people on duels against Soleta. And in this episode, they start off staging what's called a uh, rumble free-for-all duel. And every member of every house was going to basically be participating in this exhibition match. And as it's, the a no, started, it's, a, it's a nonsense thing, but the show is filled with nonsense battles, which usually, again, the stakes are this interplay of drama that we're talking about. But our main girl, like a wrestling face, who may be a villain now, she won all of her fights. So I, we, the audience, we always, we're, we're never scared that she's going to lose, but what's going to happen to her? Right. So in this episode, you have... Um, part of the duels is that they have safeties and countermeasures where you can't kill each other. The system won't allow you to target the cockpit. It won't let you to do this. There's only certain things you can do, and the system blocks you from taking kill kill shots. 
as Michael said, the school shooting aspect of it, as this this duel is beginning, this battle rumble, battle royale is going, the two terrorist units from the season finale of the previous season break through, show up, and start attacking. And um, and by they... and by terrorists, we mean like child soldiers. These yeah. individuals were were not like any of our school children. When they showed up, they were there with murderous intent. They were told to do a job and they keep going back and forth. We even see one of the characters enjoying torturing of people. And you're like, oh, okay, this is creepy. Right. And as they start doing this, they actually kill a student, right? They, They blow one student up. And that's when the whole school's like, oh my God, they don't, what's happening. And they try to evacuate and then they can't because the system is now locking them out because they've disabled that system. So they're basically trapping everyone in as they're going on their execution spree. And even though we've seen many episodes with, robots fighting each other in big explosions it was very clear that this kid was murdered (laughs) everybody the way that they showed it the way that it played out the way the consequences the way the audience um the kids in the school watch these different exhibitions it is horrific and once it happens panic sets in on this entire floating uh, school yes and you and as the show goes on you realize that shadek the the blonde-haired uh leader of the dual board is actually puppeteering these two terrorists and in an attempt to basically kidnap and and basically stage a coup against his father and take over Grassley defense systems. Right. So as this is going, Soleta gets in her Gundam. She starts fighting everybody. They take it outside, outside being outer space. They start fighting and the suit activates and goes full, like basically power level over 9,000, right? Like, you have what the ceiling the, of what the suit yeah. is capable of, and then we it surpasses new, that. We had a new term, gun bits. Well, the gun bits was something that was talked about the entire time. The gun bits are the the weapons that she has. Right. But she turned other suits into gun yes. bits. When she activated this new, this almost like an EMP wave that surrounded her body and basically like the suit came alive essentially. And then the suit in that anything that was caught in that wave turned against their base programming and became an extension of herself. So the enemies, the terrorists, they had these, the two pilots, they were attacking. And then with that, they had like a little army of drone mobile suits. And then Soleta took over those drones and started having them attack them. Um, Then comes the big shocking revelation. Yeah. So during this, Soleta is, basically realizing what's happening and this is kind of a weird moment when she's basically thinking back to all the actions all the the violence and wondering why it wasn't clicking before for her and this was something that i thought was pretty unique then it cuts back to a conversation between two characters one of which being prospera and that was the big revelation that prospera was talking to this lady and she said didn't you have two daughters and she's like yes i did so where's ari what happened to ari and then she makes this revelation that Ariel, the suit, is airy. Now, what do we... Okay. You and me are already... go. Our brains are going to another level. Do you think that this means that the soul of that baby is inside of the suit? Do you think that this is like Snowpiercer and she is inside the suit still? Or do you think it's a third option we haven't thought of yet? So... As I put on the little bottom, it was right in our faces. The way Ariel was spelled was A-E-R-I-A-L. E-R-I, Ari. You just highlight the middle letters and it's it's Ari. 
Mm. It's not the normal way of sparing Ariel, but they did it purposely. Right. And this gave us a major Evangelion vibes right off the bat. Because for people who've seen Evangelion, that other Japanese robot show, the suit itself would that you can't pilot an Evangelion without the suit killing you because of the essentially the suit overpowering the pilot. So what the main bad guy dad character did was that he basically trapped human souls, human consciousness into each of these suits so that it wouldn't kill the pilots. The mother of the main character being the soul that was trapped in his suit. And other... It's so good and so crazy. Yeah. You gotta go right. watch it. There's the soul of one character is the soul of her own suit. There's a soul yeah. of another character's mom. It's, it's, it's a, a wild show. concept. And what's funny is we will refer to Evangelion as a big robot show, even though you could maybe argue what those entities are. Um, in this case, though, it makes me wonder, do you think that there are other people that have trapped souls inside of these Gundogs? I don't think so, because this is the only suit that the suit is not killing the pilot. Right. And as Prospera is explaining to the other character that Aerie is taking the brunt of the data storm by her existing in the suit, the data storm is being, Soleta is being shielded by Aerie, and Aerie is controlling the parts that would have killed Soleta. So it's a very unique, and it also now adds more context. If you watch the season over again, you see, I need to go talk to my big sister, Ariel. And she keeps referencing this suit as like her member of her family, her sister, her family. And she even talks to the suit, and the suit responds. We have not seen them communicate, though, in thought speak yet, right? We haven't seen them both in the same place communicating with each other. No, we have seen other things where in the first season, the first time this blue wave of energy came off of Ariel, there was another person in the wave. And you didn't see the person directly, but you saw that there was someone else in there. So you saw that hint at it. And then you saw um, multiple times where she's talking to Ariel and you see like text come up on the behind her monitor, like it's responding to her but nothing as direct as face-to-face -face speak. So the big, the big chain, the big, the big revelation was the little four-year-old girl from the very first prologue episode, some period over the last 25 years, she had died and her mother put her soul into the suit. Her mother had taken her daughter and made a Gundam out of her. Yeah. And again, we're talking about Ava vibes, which is a show that has a lot of, uh, has cloning. So it makes me wonder is this the first time we've had one of these 10-year-old yep. kids? Have other kids died in training? Are we going to find out that our main character is number 15? You know what I mean? Yeah. So now we're going to go into something. Those are all the facts. Those are all the details. Let's go into a new thing that I'm going to call theory time. Okay. Have, okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We have yeah. ideas. All right. So first off, Gundam has done this shit before. Okay. Not, not directly as putting a soul in another suit, but they have done right. stuff like this that has been super weird. Uh, case in point, we have one other character on this show by the name of Elan. Uh, and also, now, Elan, Iron also Iron Blood Orphans was also yes. playing with some of these ideas. Not in this way, but I can feel the breadcrumbs that led to this place. Yes. Um, so the character of Elan was revealed very quickly as a pilot who knew what the Gundams were and his suit, the Fair, the Fair Act, was a Gundam, right? But in the debut episode where they made that revelation that the Ferret was a Gundam, they also revealed that Elan is essentially dying from the data storms. 
And with that revelation, they also <laughs> made some craziness where they basically told you that Elon wasn't Elon. Yeah, that and Elon we just show, he dies. dies. Yes. So in reality, Elon is a body double, maybe a clone or another thing. They, they established that there are other people that were taking on the face of Elon for different cast aspects of his personality. Some were more stoic, more enhanced, more uh, solitary or tactician size. Some are more playful. This is the first ding where me and Taylor were like, is this an Ava show? Because that's yes. very similar to the character to of Ray, Ray in the right. galley. So in this first battle, this Elan dies, or not does, he doesn't die in the battle he loses and the data storm is basically destroying his body. So they dispose of him. It's a very holy crap, they just euthanized a child. Um, they did that and then they put in a new Elan into the school. And that was their way of getting around it. So they're basically genetically modifying people to make them more okay with the data storms. And that was right. how they're doing it. Right. So Pale Technologies is doing that, right? But in this episode, uh, Prospera speaks to Minorine and tells her, I want you to take over this project that your father and I were working on. And as she explains what this project is, that's when you start to realize that the bad guy may not be the bad guy, or at least he's not alone in the villain. Right. And other shows have done this too. With Gundam 00, you had uh, Tyria, this fella, and he was revealed to be what was called an innovator, which was a genetically modified perfect human. So you've had other shows where they, they do, okay, now we've got cloning, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. Child warfare, modifying children, okay, I'm getting this. But then it clicked on me. My theory is that Soleta is not actually Prospera's daughter. You think she's a robot? I think she's a clone. Mm. because in the prologue episode there was a quick flashback where Prospera was talking about the first time that she met this doctor who developed the gun technology and that shot that looks like Soleta just a slightly older maybe 19 year old version of Soleta instead of the 16 year old one that we get in the show mm. my theory is that the reason why Soleta is so bubbly and so innocent and so naive and you have moments like this where she doesn't see the gravity of her actions. Taylor, is are, you, are, are you going to say that she's only six months old? I think that maybe she's like five or six years old total. That now she, she was, but she was born at 10, but she's now only been alive six years. Yes. I think they're probably using mm. implanted memories. They're probably changing some things. Uh, maybe she's got some of Aerie's memories of her childhood. So that's why they can fill in the gaps, and then the moment when Aerie died, that's when they say, okay, the memory stop here. This is where we can start the clone. Um, do you think that if we, if this body dies, do you think that the next clones will inherit some of these memories? Because I don't think we ever get this naive person again. If the next person comes back, is she more... I'm, I want to say ballsy, but I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think maybe more uh, assertive, maybe more aggressive, because she's so passive and scared of everything i'm not sure if they will go with the route of killing um soleta and then putting another soleta out there i think the audience would check out very quickly um mm. i mean you can play it off as a joke like they did in the venture brothers where the, the brothers have died thousands of times and they just regrow the bodies and slap their memories in them right but, but the reality is that there is a, a strong evidence that soleta is a copy of her mother 
Wow. Okay. And so is Ariel then her actual daughter? So my theory, after what happened in the last episode, I don't think for a second that Prospera killed her daughter and put her into her suit. What I think probably happened is what kind of happens in other shows and even in Evangelion. So Ari was getting, was maybe 15, 16 years old. She was doing experiments with the Gundams. The data storm uh, began. And instead of overcoming it like she did, she succumbed to it and was sucked into it. And almost like an Evangelion style thing, the suit landed and there was nobody in the suit. Uh, that's what I'm thinking it, happened. Do you think it took 20 years and that's why we saw the Gundam covered in grass? It took 20 years to get another clone to to like grow the next one that was our main character, Saleta? I, I don't think so. I think what ended up happening was that so when you lose Aerie and then you spend a couple of years trying to figure out what the hell happened, they probably already had this project where they were building a new one. Um, one other thing that I thought was very interesting was a lot of people were wondering what the hell happened with the, the original Gundam. And we, we all kind of saw that the original Gundam, which was, I'm just going to, I got the, the kit right here. I'm just going to pull up the, the image for you. Um, the original Gundam was the Gundam Elfrith, right? And that was the original Gundam that Aerie was, was piloting. But in this entire show, we're seeing her use Ariel, which they, they look similar, but not the same. Not the same. So the idea is that did Aerie die in the Elfrith, and then they basically dismantled it and built the Ariel out of it. That's possible. Or is the Ariel the mutation of the suit once her soul entered into it? That's another possibility, because Gundam itself has always dealt with these weird transformations of the suit when the suit truly interfaces with the pilot. So essentially that's possible. And also that is the thesis of, of the original Gundam show that space is making mankind evolve into more psychic beings. Yes. The new types. And that Mm -hmm. was something in the original show and it carried on through the the later spinoffs and the same concept was adapted in different ways in each of the standalone shows. But, um, it's been a very interesting take on how this show is going. But my my own ongoing theory is that Aerie herself was effectively what this show calls a new type, a.k.a. a witch. And something happening in her early years that led to her becoming part of her suit. And then that suit needed a pilot, and so Leta came came out of the woodwork. Okay, okay. So this is where your brain's at. That's where my brain's at. Okay. Soleta has told... Minorie, that she wants to be with her forever and take care of her. I wonder if Saleta dies in a suit, could her soul replace, could her soul, could her essence go into another suit? Could you have that transferred to protect her where she loses her body, but now she gets to be a Gundam? Do you think they would do that? I mean, I think think a lot of people... I don't think that they would kill Soleta at any point in the show other than the finale. Uh, so now that if now that we're going down this vibe, we're going to have an episode where Soleta gets trapped inside of the suit for an entire episode and they don't know where she is. Uh, full on I Evangelion. Wonder, full on. <laughs> I also wonder if we would ever see a soul swap where we see the being of the Gundam go inside her body and she goes in the Gundam for a little bit. 
And maybe then Ariel has no problem doing the dirty work, has no problem doing the things that need to get done and then going back. Right. So, I mean, they, they have a data storm incident and Ari possesses the body of Soletta and Soletta is now in the suit. Ari, probably being older, could handle some of this stuff. I also wonder, there's so many kids that we're following right now. The kids made a corporation, which then they're funding these Gundam technologies, which then won a bidding war to then work with the partner company. It's a full C storyline. Um, I wonder if any of those kids have the ability to weather these storms, and we don't know it yet. Because I, I, I'm wondering how we build this up, because right now, our main character, nobody can beat her. Right. Um, there is a status quo in this show that they've established, and they're also establishing with each new episode that the status quo is being challenged by new revelations of these characters. The point of this kid dying within the thing has now taken away the safety of the school. Beforehand, crazy stuff happened outside of Hogwarts. Now Hogwarts is not safe as well. And we're only right. in season two of this show. Right. So there's a lot of things about this show that could easily shift into much darker territory and Gundam is known for that. Gundam is known for each of their seasons supplanting and going crazy overboard on the next. Like the first Gundam series you had okay this happened this happened now we're just going to travel around the earth we're going to fix these things. Second season goes into oh now we're dealing with new types and psychic stuff. Third season Shar is now going to throw a satellite a, a meteor satellite at the earth to destroy the earth because screw the humans. And then, like, the shows all escalate like that. Gundam Wing had the same thing, where you have, okay, Zex Marquis is now Miliardo Peacecraft. Okay, escalation, escalation. Oh, same thing. I'm going to throw a space station at Earth, killing the Earth so that space can live free. Right. The second half of each of these shows always escalates in a crazy way. Even with Iron-Blooded Orphans, where you paralyze the main character so that he can't use his body outside of the suit, and then the suit kills him. They drag him around. He can't even move, and they just bring him places. Yes, because he, he sacrifices himself for everybody. It's such a dark show because, like, he loses the use of his arm, but then he uses the use of his leg, and then eventually, like, like you said, they literally are wheeling him around in a wheelchair as they're putting him into the suit so that he can go kill people. But that show was dark from the get go. Yeah, that you watch that show, and very quickly, it's like, hey, these are. Oh, the six-year-old kid are, just shot a dude in the head. Yeah, right. Are racist to Martians. There's a stat, right? Like all of that stuff. That show hits you very hard. This show, it all crept up on you. And now we got, you know, blood yeah. on hands. Yeah. So this show in particular, I always will say that Gundam is a franchise that shows you the dirty side of war mm. and how dark war can be. And it doesn't glamorize war. It doesn't say, oh, these are the good guys. These are the bad guys. Everyone is equally dirty. Everyone is bad. Gundam 00 had the fact that the main character was a child terrorist. Mm. Right? Like you had these these aspects of each of these characters that even though these are the main characters, the good guys, there's rarely redeemable qualities. And th these are the kind of characters that I will fight this war so the generation after me can live in peace. And that's how these characters uh, always I are. feel like our school kids are going to be the front line of whatever the battle that is going to come. Because yeah. these three companies are not going to allow this technology to get out there. And I feel like that's what's happening now. Yeah. Especially now that the revelation that this technology is being perfected by the use of essentially a human soul in the suits. 
that crosses so many lines that people are not ready to even entertain in the show. And this is probably going to, once the revelation that Gundam Ariel has a human consciousness inside of it, you're going to see kind of like an arms race where other companies are like, oh, the Peel company, that's what we've been doing wrong. Let's sacrifice one of the Elons and put him in the suit. And then you see that as being an escalation point where the show is going to start. It's like the, the dawn of the the moment we used the nuclear weapons for the first time. Now every country learned the technology. Once the cat is out of the bag, this show is going to take a very dark twist. I think you just nailed it. I think Elon is going to go into a suit, and I think the suit doesn't respond to the piece of shit guy who's driving it. Yeah. I think that I think the suit is not is going to deny him. Yeah, because I think the reason why Soleta is so good with Ariel is because Ari knows who Soleta is, and that's why she's protecting her sister. But, but we don't know who Soleta is. Right. Uh, Soleta <laughs> could be a clone. Soleta could be a child. Could actually be a kid who was just raised in like complete isolation but we don't know the true nature of this character and the revelation Is there that any the, chance that ariel grew up and died in a freak accident and that saletta is her child that's also tremendously possible i mean there's a chance that I mean, if you overlap the ages, Soleta was four years old in the prequel episode. Anywhere between 20 and 25 years took place in between that. Japanese don't really take 18 as the age of, like, marriage and consent. You typically consider that 16 or so is when they can start having kids. There's a distinct possibility that Eri gave birth at a young age to Soleta and then died became part of the suit and now soletta is piloting her mother's suit mm. who's been told that it's really her her sister that's yeah, and, a possibility as well and the names of all of this stuff they keep playing with family and your chosen family and the family you're born into i i i, I this motif keeps happening over and over again so i wonder where the link is with her in the suit because it is going to yeah. be some it's going to be one of these yeah, I mean, it's more than likely the fact that it's her older sister protecting her. That's probably what's going to be it is. But there's also the the fact that it very well could be an Evangelion vibe where the suit is protecting the pilot because the suit is the parent of the pilot. That's also very possible. Uh, do you think we get three seasons in a movie? You think we get four seasons? I don't know if the show can go. I mean, this stuff is ramped up so fast now. I don't know if you can do... Three, three, you know, five seasons of this show. Oh, you hundred percent can because just like Gundam Double O and Gundam Wing, the first cup, first season is all in space or all on Earth, and then the second season is the escalation of that first season, and then right after that, what happens? Now we're on Earth. Now we're on right. space. Like they could have a whole season of the show where Soleta is now running from these corporations and hiding on Earth or hiding. I was on about Mercury, to say hiding on Mars. We've had a lot of Earth talk and Earth being shit on. You're right. We could absolutely have a season where she is underpowered somewhere on Earth. Yeah. And she's got her suit, but she doesn't have the ability to to basically like, okay, now we can't recoup our ammo. We can't reload. So I've got to basically either fight with a sword or die. Right. <laughs> so like, you could easily, easily make a season out of that. Or at least half of a season. So... Uh, what do you think happened next? What do you think happens next week? Where do you think we go from here? Because we're going to dive more into this and we're going to have more of this revealed. Um, 
but I wonder how our Minorie will respond to all of this. And I wonder how this complicates their relationship. Because Minorne was basically told by Lady Prospera that you need to take over this company that your father was working before they dismantle it, I think she is going to find out the truth. Yeah. And she's going to tell Soleta the truth. And that's probably going to be a breaking point when now Soleta is going to say, my mom's a bad guy. I need to protect myself and I need to protect Ariel from her. I see mm. that's where the show going. You well, then you that, have. I wonder if we see that's when we see the first Gundam suit. I wonder if that's when another Gundam suit shows up. Well, I thought what was interesting was that the two terrorists, the the two the, the heavy arm suit that you just you called, were yeah. actually called the Gundam Elfris Type D and things like that. Like they were based off of that original Gundam. So, I could easily see that original Gundam coming back. Uh, one of the houses in this episode had those Trojan looking ones, real tall geese vibes with it, with the yeah. with the armor plating right here and the lances. I was like, this feels this feels like suits we've seen before. Oh, you're talking about this guy, the Michaelis. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, I haven't built most of my Gundams. I built the aerial, but I've got this one that needs to be built. I've got this guy that needs to be built, and like five. I don't others. think that guy showed up yet. No, this was in the last season. The, the, these ones are the ones that had those crazy shields that were trying to kill kill Soletta, and then she was able to do that big blue thing that overpowered the shields. Yeah, she did the blue thing. And then I've also got the Belger, the Demis, and then Mr. Gilles, pink, the lands yeah. with the big feathery flourish on the head. See, yeah, so. I think that guy might, his soul might go into a suit or something like that. You know what I mean? Because I don't know where he is. We saw him in space, right? Yeah, he's still I mean, alive. He, he, he killed his dad and now he's probably going to switch sides. He's probably going to be fighting with Soleta. And I could easily see this show being as this continues, as the show keeps going, I could see them abandon the school and the lines they're gonna have redrawn. to. They're gonna have to abandon the school. That always yeah. happens. That I always see happens. the lines getting redrawn, and I see people forging new alliances. I think Elan is gonna switch over to Shadak's bad guy team. I could see half of the the Earth House following Soleta, Minorine following Soleta. I could even see Gule being on Soleta's team. Is like I'm now gonna fight with you because mm -hmm. of what these horrible adults are doing. So I could easily see it turn into this like almost ragtag Red Dawn kind of a thing where like. The bad guys are coming. Let's all let's all fight. And you're right. They probably go to Earth to do that because it's yeah. very difficult to like. I don't know. There's just a lot more complications when you're in space. Well, I mean, in space, like they're following down the hallway. They can't get outside. Like you're right. But right. on Earth, it's like where do they go? They could be in a tree or they could be under a mountain. Like sure. there's a lot of more places to hide on a planet than in a space station. So that's where I see the show going, and I'm all for it because. At first, I thought this Gundam show was going to be a little bit lighthearted, and then I think episode two or three, when they showed the the protestings on Earth, and then them gassing the crowds, I'm like, oh no, this show's going to get dark. <laughs> I realized very quickly that the show was very. I'm very dark. happy that the show is exceeding my expectations. I'm really happy that the show did not stick with what I thought was going to be the bubblegum version of the show, the Harry Potter. I mean, Harry Potter took multiple books before, you know, the world got really, really dark. And this jumped right out of it. And I'm happy that the Gundam team is taking on a story like this. You're right. Yeah. They're very anti-war in a very fun way. I think it's the way their message has always been to entertain and to get people to watch, which is how it always happens. 
But the motif of every show is that the dangers of war, the dangers of losing yourself in war, and why war essentially is bad. So mm. that's Gundam in a nutshell. Well, I hope that this is a great jumping off point if people have not watched this, or hopefully you are frothing at the bit like we are to get more of it. But if you're not, it's a, a real fun show. It's a real fun watch. It's real lighthearted. This stuff is picks up, but I'm glad to know that the show, now I know where it's going. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's a different show to recommend to people now that I know where it's going. And it's one of those shows that I said, like, it will be very lighthearted when it needs to be. It makes these really fun jokes, really really fun little lighthearted like oh this is fun this is nice but it's always the calm before the storm the the calm moments are fun to watch and they're entertaining the storm is always nuts and it's always like holy crap they just did that well i hope it doesn't go berserk and we get like the, the crazy finale or something like that like i hopefully we continue this but you're right the conflict is going to only ramp up and it will be interesting to see when new lines are drawn maybe sooner rather than later, but that could also be the season finale of this season two of this 12 episode arc. And mind you, we're only 14 episodes and Gundam shows are typically known to go at least 45 to 50 episodes. So oh boy, oh boy, Taylor. Oh boy. I can't wait. I can't wait. So many terrible things are going to happen. And I'm so, so many ready. Terrible things are happen. But you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Cause Gundam has been a fantastic show and I, I love every bit of it. But on that note, Thank you all for entertaining us today as we gushed about our love of the Gundam shows, especially the new one. If you want to help us keep the lights on, if you want to help support us, head over to our Patreon. Otherwise, uh, thank you for joining us. My, I have been your host, Taylor Murphy, my co-host, Michael Santel. Big thank you to our current Patreon supporters for helping us do what we do and love what we love. And if you're at home, scan that QR code, harass us on the socials. But above all, thank you for joining us as we talk about Gundam. And hopefully, and tell and tell us in the comments, do you watch the show? Do you like the show? Do you like Gundam? Do you hate Gundam? Talk about it. I am responsive to comments. I will bring up anything that you ask. Bug me on the socials. I will bring that up too. Like, comment, share, do the usuals. And if you do listen to what we say and you do watch this show and you watch the episode zero first, mind you, watch that first. Watch that episode zero, watch episode one, and then tell us what you think. Because this show very quickly escalates. And that's what's so fun about it. But thank you again for joining us. Have yourself a great rest of your day. And we will see you all next time. Bye, everyone.